Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of St. Louis University Billiken Basketball. Contact your local Edward Jones financial advisor for your investment needs by visiting edwardjones.com. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC. Welcome to From the Stairs, your one-stop shop podcast for insider access and in-depth interviews with your favorite Billiken coaches and players. Be sure to follow the show on Twitter at Billiken Podcast for the latest news on future episodes. Now, here is your host, Billiken Athletic Director, Chris May. Welcome, uh, Billiken fans, to our uh, podcast from the stands where we talk uh, all Billiken athletics. Uh, today, we're going to uh, we're going to talk about women's soccer at St. Louis University, and uh, no better person to speak with than uh, Dr. Janet Overly, who has been part of the program uh, for each of the teams in one way or another. That means she started playing when she was like 10 years old, but uh, uh, Janet uh, played on our first team. Uh, she coached on our, she coached on our, in our program and is now a administrator who's been with our program for a long time. So uh, good morning, Janet. How are you doing today? Fantastic. Absolutely fantastic. And I definitely crawled in that first year. Yeah, there you go. Absolutely. Um, Janet, as you uh, talk and think about our women's soccer program celebrating its 25th year, you're one of the persons that can really give great perspective to uh, how far we've come. Take us back to that first team and uh, your thoughts and memories about that team and what it would have looked like back then. Great. Uh, Well, it's great to be with everybody and to talk through what it felt like 25 years ago. I think that first team in 1996, you know, I think was uh, the program was announced, um, you know, not even maybe probably about seven months, eight months before uh, the before we actually started playing. So I also think it was timeline wise, you know, it was a pretty quick uh, pretty quick process compared to uh, for those folks comparing it to now. Um, the recruiting process that folks go through. I think in 96, there were, there were no Division I schools in the state of Missouri that actually uh, offered women's soccer. So we, um, there was a couple other schools, D1s, um, that also started programs that same year. So in terms of just what it looked like, you know, women's soccer in the 90s was a real growth moment. So I always tell folks there were only 91 teams when I was looking at schools in 1991. Um, And then now there's almost, um, you know, there's over 335 teams uh, that compete at the division one level. So I think that's one context, Chris, is that there were a lot of new teams coming on, coming on board and coming online specifically at SLU at the time, you know, we had this storied men's soccer program. Um, They were incredibly gracious as well. Um, Joe Clark was our was the head men's coach at that time. He was uh, very helpful in trying to to get us going and and help out. Tim Champion, who was our first head coach, had coached on the men's side, had been a volunteer, so had some familiarity as we stepped in. But I think that first group was just an interesting group of a lot of young ones, a lot of freshmen, um, and then kind of a smattering of women who had been on the club team that tried out. And uh, and someone like me, I came in as a grad transfer. Um, who had one year of, uh, of eligibility left in that, that 1996 season. And I think we played out at Soccer Park, uh, you know, so that also is different for fans now. We didn't have 
Uh, we weren't playing on, on our campus and we practiced at Notre Dame High School. Um, we didn't have the practice field that we see now that didn't exist as well. So uh, we also had some uh, kind of hand-me-down uniforms that first year um, as we were still trying to get up and going. So I think those, those things, as I recall, were, were some of the unique things. Um, but like any team, you know, we, uh, we kind of got in, got going, and, um, you know, we actually had a much more successful year in that first year than we were, than it was anticipated that we would have. Um, and we kind of stumbled in the beginning, kind of, um, but if you look back at that schedule, there was actually, uh, we lost a very, very quirky game in conference to the University of Cincinnati, who at the time in Conference USA had had, had a women's soccer team for a long time and was kind of the powerhouse in, in the league at the time. But we lost a game that had to get played over two days because of some weather, seven to one. Um, and we kind of switched up our lineup um, during that stretch and ended up playing the University of Louisville uh, that weekend as well. Um, won that game and went on a um, went on kind of a winning streak in conference that um, that really allowed us to be in a, in a decent position as we went into the conference tournament that year. So uh, I think the little things like fields and uniforms, that looks a lot different the way we travel, some of the resources around the program that, that we've been able to secure. But, um, but it was still a hard working group of, of young women who really uh, are still quite proud of, of what we were able to do and are still really engaged and committed to, uh, to the program. So the win, so we opened with a 9-0 win over Central Missouri, right? Yep. Very first game. Um, what was that like for a group coming together to all of a sudden play with the Billiken uniform on? That had been an amazing uh, a day for a lot of people. It really was, and I think, Chris, from the beginning, similar to what, what Katie's done now, right, is that that first team especially was very rooted and very grounded in St. Louis. So I think for, for many of the women in the program, you know, there was deep pride in being a part of something that, that was starting, right, to be a part of it. Because many of the freshmen, right, they were getting recruited to go other places, um, but then had the opportunity as we started a program to stay home. And so I think when you look at some of those – players, the Trisha Underbergs, um, the Katie Hornberg, Katie Hornberg, you had Katie Stewart, Amy Schmidt. Um, you had this collection of St. Louis um, players that as freshmen were putting the, put not only the jersey of St. Louis University on, but that the jersey had the name of your city across your chest as well, which I think, you know, for, for so many of our current and former student athletes, there's something special uh, about that, about kind of playing with both. So I think Chris, that was one part of it is you just, to be the first, I think you felt that significance. Um, but then it was also great. There was a great crowd out at Sacker Park. People were incredibly supportive of the program starting. You know, um, Bill McDermott was there with Julie Foudy, who they were just coming off, um, you know, some great success on the, the national stage from the women's U.S. women's national team. And so it just felt like um, the institution did a great job of making it feel like it was something uh, special that was starting. Um, and then it was, you know, fun, uh, fun to 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 win to win nine nothing. And you know, I think uh, Jen Benson, the trivia question, um, you know, is uh, a a woman by the name of Jen Benson scored a uh, left-footed player scored the the first goal in the program's history. Um, she went on to have a hat trick in that game. And you know, uh, like I said, there was a little bit of everybody got some goals uh, got some goals in that one. That's a good way to start for sure. So when you look at the program. 25 years, um, there's been some major milestones, right? Uh, 11 conference titles, 
five NCAA championship appearances. We've had four All-Americans. You go on and on. There's been three head coaches. We've had all kinds of academic All-Americans. Um, uh, many, many highlights. Uh, the stadium, Herman Stadium coming on. What are those one or two? Wait, what, what's the one highlight uh, that's non on the field? And then second, what's the best win of program history in your in your estimation? Well, I'll start and go backwards. The best win in program history for me was uh, we beat Stanford um, in the first round of the NCAA tournament in the first year uh, that we went to the NCAA tournament. Um, and it, it has a series of just great memories. So, you know, that year in 05, we won, you know, we won the conference championship, uh, get to the NCAA tournament. There was, uh, you know, the opportunity to to know you're going to be in. To we were over at Humphreys, you know, doing a little watch party over at Humphreys, um, and we our name pops up, and we are we are shipped out. Uh, to be honest, out to California to play to play Stanford at Santa Clara. Now, interesting, we had played at Santa Clara earlier that year. We had gone out there for a for a game um, as our team continued to our program continued to improve. You wanted to. So it kind of felt good when we got shipped out there because you had actually already been there. You'd played on that field that year, so that was good. But getting shipped out there to play at uh, to play against Stanford, which is like a home game for them, right, right in the the area. And we went out there and, and won that game. And I think that game uh, still, I was an administrator. You know, I was out there uh, not coaching, not playing. But those women on that team, many of which were folks that I had still been involved in the recruiting process for, Again, a core group of, of St. Louisans. Um, you know, you had the Kelly Fergusons and the Mo Hughes and Courtney Holser, Dee Gemple, um, Tara Gresco. You had this whole collection of local women, um, but we were doing kind of something for the first time, which was to get to the NCAA tournament for any women's program at SLU. So that felt good. Um, but Stanford, you know, uh, certainly didn't think that this little team from St. Louis was going to step in and, and win. Um, and we did. We also had great goalkeeping from Abby Gellner on that, that she played. She had some great saves and, and that's what you need in a, in a win. So that game hands down for me is still um, will, will be one of my, both because of its significance um, because of how well our team played and, and really just everybody came together on that one. So that game for me is still pretty special. And then I think, you know, um, for me, an off the field thing that you don't see in the stats, Chris, is something that I think is really important to, to our values as an institution and, and as a department. But that is that for 25 years, every woman who's come through our program has volunteered with the Special Needs Soccer Association. And I think that that connection, I don't think there's many programs that have that long of a commitment, you know, during your alumni weekend, part of your alumni weekend is that you can come out and volunteer at Spensa. Um, there are, so I think that part, right, sharing a sport you love with kids with special needs and doing that over the totality of your program, I just don't think, uh, even as coaches changed and, and things like that, that remained. Um, so that's the thing that won't be listed anywhere in some, you know, in statistics, but it's something that I feel deeply proud of and feel um, it's a good way that our student athletes feel uh, our women's soccer student athletes kind of feel connected legacy wise to everybody who's ever played in the program. Cause everyone has had that experience. So you've got the perspective of the evolution of the program, right? From start to today. Yep. So as you've seen how it's grown and how we can support young women better today than we could in the past. Um, 
where do you see it today and where it can go given how college soccer's changed? Yeah, I mean, I think that's a great question, obviously. And, and I've really enjoyed the opportunity to work, you know, with you to try to figure out how do we get uh, where it systematically um, can stand on feet that um, that can keep walking forward. I think, you know, um, inside of the women's soccer world in the U.S., uh, especially at the collegiate level, I think we have what it takes um, to be uh, to be a successful program. And I think, you know, as we've continued to improve facilities, um, you know, I think the project we the locker room project, you know, that we have going on right now, um, I think that that adds uh, some of the pieces around the program um, that enables us to, to really stay present um, with what's happening in, in soccer across the U.S. Um, I think when we've had our successes, our key successes, you know, we have uh, really our successful stretches when we've been to the NCAA tournament year after year, when we've won conference championships and streaks, I think it's really been done with key St. Louis players. And I think, you know, um, that's not unique, right? I think that if you looked at where, um, you know, programs who are on the West Coast, they're winning with West Coast kids, you know what I mean? You have a couple people here and there, but I think when folks are able to really win the recruiting battles in their region and their local areas, um, that really puts them in a, in a situation to have long-term success. And I think, uh, so those two pieces I think are pretty important. Um, and then, you know, I think Katie's really, you know, Katie Shields, our head coach is really present um, in the national game and really knows and understands. Um, I think the shift I've seen in the 25 years, you know, is the expectation that there's women in the program that want to play at the professional level. Uh, that wasn't really, you know, that wasn't, that was so limited. Um, and then when we did Megan Burke and our program was, you know, the first, uh, the first person who was drafted and played professionally. And uh, in the ironies, I can remember Megan calling me, uh, you know, calling us and saying like, Hey, I just did my, uh, my first thing as a pro player. And uh, we took a pay cut uh, because that was in an earlier iteration of professional soccer um, here in the U S on the women's side. And, uh, and the players union had to take a pay cut and, and that whole league ended up folding before they were able to, to re-energize and find a different way. Um, the irony there is that, you know, Megan is, you know, back as an attorney now in her life working for, uh, you know, one of her duties in this world is to, to be, uh, to advise um, the to advise the the union of women who play professional soccer in our country. So uh, she kind of learned that first year. So I think that's the other thing, Chris, is just staying really present with what the current student needs. Um, that's from a facility standpoint, but also, like I said, just that 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 knowledge that many of our students, like Maddie Picorni, right, will go on to play professionally and and making sure that they can get their degrees while they're doing it, but also really be on a path to be prepared for that professional opportunity. So last question. Um, you have to, uh, you have such a unique perspective. What pride do you have when you see those young women walk on the field today? Oh gosh. I mean, you know, for me, it never gets old. And I think um, I talk to our student, I talk to the women in our program every year about legacy, you know, and I think that the words like that get thrown around, you know, um, but I say for me, it's the, the depth of what it means um, for me personally um, is that I feel the same joy and excitement uh, when each one of those women steps on the field, puts the jersey on for the first time, uh, finds success, gets to the NCAA tournament, scores a goal, wins a championship. I never feel like 
uh, I think for some folks, right, if you, if you, your own experience, and I say this to our women, I say, if, if you don't care about those people that came before you, if you only care about what's happening right now, uh, then as soon as you leave, no one cares about what you're doing. Um, and I said, for me, I have the, the, the easy opportunity to care about everybody that came through because I can name them. You know, um, when we were talking about the 25th anniversary of the program, we have these posters, right, that have the names of everybody who ever played in the program. And some of our staff were just laughing because I was like, oh, you know, I was like, uh, oh, yeah, here's so-and-so, here's so-and-so. Her parents are like this. Oh, this was uh, this is a funny story. You know, oh, this is one of the practical joke that got played on her. Oh, you know, she's now an attorney. Oh, she now owns her own business. Um, and I think, you know, that for me, Chris, um, it's just that opportunity to know that that network extends um, and that legacy really matters. And what matters about it is the individual everyday um, moments, not just the All-Americans, you know, not just the record holders, um, but those women who played such important roles on teams, even though they weren't the stars. Um, and I've been able to see those folks and know them. Um, and I think the opportunity to, um, to really, in a 25th anniversary year, celebrate every one of those women, not, not just the All-Americans, not just the ones that have all the points, um, but those individuals who were unbelievable teammates, who were incredibly positive um, members of the program and who really made everybody around them better. So for me, that's what I know is that when I look at a team, um, I know that every one of those women really makes a difference um, in the success. And it's not just, you know, the people whose names you you see on a ballot or, uh, you know, who score all the goals or save all the goals. Uh, it's, it's every individual in that program. Well, we can't thank you enough for what you've done for our women. Uh, we're all super prideful of, uh, of everything that's happened along the way in this program. And now, you know, we won three championships in a row. Uh, I could have been more prideful in being the 15 national seed in the tournament last year. Agreed. It means everybody's done a lot of great work to really build a nationally competitive program here at SLU. And so uh, we thank you for everything you've done. And uh, we really look forward to the future because uh, it's super bright with this program. So thank you, uh, Dr. Oberly. And we appreciate the uh, opportunity to, to talk about uh, talk about SLU women's soccer. You got it. Happy 25th anniversary. You were five when you came? Never I was. I crawled right in. Crawled All in. Right. Yep. Mm -hmm. All good. Thank you. Thanks for listening to From the Stands with Billiken Athletic Director Chris May. Subscribe to our podcast in the iTunes Store and have the latest episodes sent straight to your phone. Go Billikens! Financial investments are very important, but so are the investments of time, patience, and encouragement our young athletes receive from their coaches, teachers, and mentors. That's why Edward Jones is a proud sponsor of St. Louis University Billiken Basketball. Contact your local Edward Jones financial advisor for your investment needs by visiting edwardjones.com. Edward Jones, making sense of investing. Member SIPC.